Hello and welcome to our new series of podcasts focusing on primary care networks. I'm Will Owen, a GP trainee and clinical fellow at NHS England, and each month I'm interviewing a range of people from across the country who are working in or around primary care networks to get their perspectives on some of the benefits, challenges and opportunities that working in networks can bring. The vision for primary care networks was developed based on the experience of groups around the country who have naturally and independently found a new way of working together to produce benefits for patients and staff. Primary care networks bring together general practice and wider primary care teams alongside community services, social care, the voluntary sector and other health and care partners to work in a new and more sustainable way and better meet the needs of their local communities. They support and build on the essential core role of current general practice but also enable the provision of a more proactive, personalised and coordinated health and social care. Networks are therefore an important part of delivering the NHS long-term plan and securing the future of primary and community care for our patients and staff. The intention is that networks will be small enough to allow the personalised care valued by both patients and general practice, but at the same time large enough to have impact and economies of scale through deeper collaboration between practices and with others in the local health and social care system. There are many vital roles and relationships involved in primary care networks, both in setting them up and in their ongoing development. Practice managers are vital and central figures in all general practices, but with so much change occurring now, strong leadership from practice managers is possibly more important than ever. Whilst these changes can be unsettling, they also offer practice managers new opportunities and experiences to develop new relationships and to shape what their primary care networks can do for their communities. With that in mind, I'm delighted this month to welcome Hannah Smalley. Hannah is a practice manager and partner at the Wyvern Health Partnership in Swindon. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Hannah. No problem. Thank you, Will. Can you start by telling us a bit more about your current role, uh, both within the practice and within your network? Yeah, sure. So um, I am essentially a partner in two practices at this moment. So my core day-to-day -day job is being a practice manager at Murchison Surgery. Um, and then I am also um, a a partner in Wyvern Health, which is essentially our primary care network. So my time, like the other practice managers involved in Wyvern Health, and there are six practices um, in our group, um, is divided between the two. And we've agreed that by and large, we spend about four days a week, assuming you work full time, on your day-to-day -day, uh, running of your practice, and then one day a week focusing on the development of um, Wyvern Health partnership. Um, my personal role um, in the development of Wyvern Health has been um, on the strategic side of things and um, chairing the meetings, bringing the team together um, from day one to where we are now. Hmm. Brilliant, so you said six practices in your network, um, wh how else does it, wh what does it look like apart from that? So what are the, what sort of size are we talking about, whereabouts in the country are you and which other partners have, have you got involved? So um, we're based in Swindon um, we cover geographically the most of um, Swindon uh, based on our catchment areas. Um, we have about 60,000 patients between us, which I appreciate is at the larger size, um, but we had um, made the decision to work together really before the um, enhanced service came out for primary care network. Mm -hmm. So we realised it didn't make any sense to defragment what we were already doing, mm -hmm. um, and it seems to work very well. Um, so the smallest practice has about 7,000 patients, the largest practice being mine has around 14,000. Mm. Uh, we have a real mix of demographics um, in our um, practices. Um, one of our practices, for example, has quite a high population of young um, working people. Others like mine have quite a high population of 
elderly patients. Mm. Um, we have 24 partners between us um, and uh, six practice managers, as you imagine, and they're mm. very much here to say. And as you said earlier, are um, absolutely paramount in making this a success for us. Mm. I'd, I'd really like to pick, that, pick up on that again in a bit, because I think for some staff members looking at the formation of these networks, there may be concerns around how their role continues to exist and what that means. Um, and I know that you've done a lot of work developing that in Wyvern House, so I'd like to come back to that. But you, you mentioned also being a partner, and um, I know that that is increasingly, um, we're seeing that increasingly often, but it's still not common. What, well, talk us through how you got involved in primary care and practice management in the first place, and what led to you joining the partnership? Yeah, so I um, have been a practice manager for about five years. Uh, prior to that, I worked in customer service, so I didn't have an NHS background. Um, so it was a bit of a baptism as fire, <laughs> as you can imagine anybody from coming outside to the NHS. Um, it's been a real learning curve because there's been so much change happening in the last um, five years. And um, within my partnership, um, I um, took a very strong business approach. So we agreed that instead of um, all partners having to have a significant amount of responsibility for running the practice, that um, over time they put their trust in me to really get on with things. Um, I do work very closely with another GP in the practice and that just led to a natural offer of a, a partnership within my practice. Mm. Um, it's quite empowering as a practice manager to have that role because of course you are armed with the ability to make decisions. Um, I think a huge part of that has to be trust between you and your partners and a really um, strong working relationship. Um, not only are we partners, but we're friends um, and colleagues too, so it works very well. That naturally led on to being a partner of Wyvern Health because when we decided to join forces, so to speak, all of the partners that were currently within the six practices agreed that we wanted to move into this new venture. And it's probably important to say at this moment we are a primary care network um, so um, we work collaboratively together, but our long-term aim is for um, us to merge um, as a super partnership. Mm. Um, the intention is that we will do that in the next year or so. Fantastic. And again, I think it'd be interesting to explore that in a bit mm. more detail. I think we first met nearly two years ago, and I remember you were talking about those initial f phases of starting to work more closely as a group of practices back then. What was the, what was the trigger? What was the the cause for starting to work together more closely in the first place before all this talk of primary care networks? Um, so in Swindon, um, we, like many other places in the um, UK, had difficulty recruiting GPs, difficulty retaining GPs, and I think, um, to speak perfectly honestly, there was a fear of the last man standing. And what I mean by that is being in a partnership where the numbers are dwindling mm. and being left with a large mortgage um, or responsibility. And that was um, a, of concern to all practices. We wanted to ensure that we were sustainable um, that workload was manageable for GPs because that has been increasing um, significantly over the years and that we had a happy and productive workforce. So we ended up with six practices who um, agreed to work together um, and the first most important step in that was simply agreeing to meet regularly. It was as simple as that and once you had those regular meetings in place um, you could start to move things forward. And it's important to say that we hadn't really worked together before. Whilst we were all based in Swindon, we really didn't know each other. We were six disparate practices. Um, 
and um, we then realised that to take things forward we couldn't continue meeting with all partners because there were just simply too many people to um, sensibly make decisions um, and have an efficient and effective conversation. So we got to a point probably after about six months or so where we whittled that down to one practice manager and one partner. Mm -hmm. Really essential to have the clinical input from the GPs and the business input from the practice managers sometimes overlap on both parts obviously. Um, not all practice managers are partners, um, that wasn't important, it's their knowledge um, and support that we were looking for. Um, and they essentially formed a steering group which met on a monthly basis and still meet now and have essentially formed our board. Um, the practice managers then recognised that they needed to meet regularly and we started uh, initially to meet every single week um, on a Wednesday morning um, to discuss ideas. Um, and what was important to us, share information and then go back and put proposals to the partners to say, well, these are our ideas, what do you think? Um, we meet every two weeks now, we don't need to meet that frequently anymore. Brilliant. You mentioned those things that the partners agreed they didn't want and, yeah. and the things they did. Can you give us a flavour of what those kind of the big themes were that was driving... Yes, absolutely. So just bear in mind that we were talking ultimately about a super partnership, so there may mm. be some um, crossover, and perhaps if you're going into a network, not all of these would be your um, concern. Uh, but one of the biggest ones was, I don't want my workload to increase. Mm. This, this can't do that. That's really scary to me, but it feels like it might. I think that's probably a thought that lots of people have had around yeah. networks, absolutely. Um, and actually, just to reassure everybody, that that really hasn't happened because we formed the um, steering group, as I mentioned, one practice manager, one partner. Yes, there has been time required for that, um, but of course with the funding for the primary care network, uh, and we were fortunate enough to get some money from the GP Forward View, because of course we were ahead of the um, network um, enhanced service, that helped us to backfill um, GP time. Um, and even now the benefit of that outweighs everything. It's one session a month at the end of the day to build something like that it really doesn't seem to be that much. Uh, most of the work comes from the practice managers um, which again probably sounds scary but actually you are saving time elsewhere and I'll perhaps talk about that um, later on. So GPs didn't want to increase their workload, they were worried about increasing their patient list size, um, they were worried that they might be forced to work in a different role in a different location and they quite liked their job and didn't want to have to come and work at Murchiston one day a week, um, which Murchiston's lovely and I'm sure they would want to but you understand the practicalities of what I'm trying to say. Uh, they didn't want to lose their individuality so we, whilst we are um, quite similar, we discovered in culture, we are still six different practices with our own um, ways of working, our own um, staff groups, you know, our uniqueness that makes us our practice, we were very nervous of losing. Mm -hmm. And um, we've been able to maintain that throughout, so it's worked very well. Uh, partners didn't want to lose money or equity, which of course applies to being a super partnership. They didn't want to lose autonomy or control over decisions um, and they certainly didn't want to become too corporate um, which when you talk about merging in networks um, sometimes conjures visions of um, some very formal business structure and it doesn't necessarily have to be like that at all. You're in charge of what that looks like at the end of the day. Um, 
some of the concerns from the practice managers. Um, the obvious one, will I lose my job? Mm. Um, does this mean only one practice manager is needed to run six practices? Of course not. That would, in my opinion, be bonkers. Um, would be very um, difficult thing to do. Um, so we reassured everybody um, in every role in, across all of the practices that there would be no redundancies, there would be no significant job changes, mm. and that every um, person was really important to making this work. Um, and another concern, as I alluded to earlier, from a practice manager perspective was, does this mean I've got to take on lots more work? Mm. Um, and we've taken a lot of care to address that as we've worked through um, the last two years, certainly. Mm. And I suppose by addressing those, they f the sort of corollary of each of those concerns feeds into a positive uh, vision for yeah. the future. Of what, what, what were the what were the levels of agreement on a sort of more aspirational front of ways that people did want to work together? And so we knew that. So some of the things that we said we did want to do, we definitely wanted to build resilience. Um, we wanted long-term succession plans so that we knew that we were safe and secure. And we actually did a retirement survey of our um, GPs to identify who was going to stay. And I'm really proud to say that some GPs who are planning to retire have decided to stay on because they're so um, enthused by what we're doing. Well, that's a big success story. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, we definitely wanted to reduce GP workload. We wanted to look for things that we could do to support our GPs. Mm. Um, we wanted to look at new roles and multidisciplinary teams to deliver care, new services to improve care. Um, we certainly wanted to become attractive and recruit new GPs. As I mentioned at the beginning, um, it was quite difficult for recruitment in Swindon, like many other areas, mm. and it's certainly proven successful. For example, at Murchison, in the last three months, we've recruited two new GPs, mm. uh, and very much they said they wanted to come and work in Swindon, which is fantastic news for us. They really liked what we were doing um, and could see the benefit of that. Uh, we wanted to work really well with our CCG, NHS England. That was really important to us that we forged, um, forged strong relationships. We wanted to keep the partnership and family culture. Um, and of course, we wanted to benefit from economies of scale um, and best practice sharing. So that's where some of the um, advantages for practice managers have come in. Mm. Um, so we decided that we were going to identify some quick wins, um, some small things that we could do early on that weren't too difficult or too time consuming so everybody could feel the tangible benefits. Um, and we um, complemented that with a really considered communication plan for our um, staff and for our patients. Okay, so, so, so in terms of that engagement with staff and patients, Six practices, sixty thousand patients. That's a big. That's a big exercise. Yeah. How did you go about doing that to ensure you heard the voices you needed and the, the ideas you needed, and to keep people bought into what must have felt at times like a, a risk to yeah. to the status quo and what people were used to. Um, so my advice is to over communicate. You, you literally can't communicate enough about these um, circumstances. So we took the decision that it was probably best to let all of our practices know on the same day, at the same time, with the exact same message. So there was no, um, basically, so the message was the same everywhere. So we um, created a presentation. It was given by practice managers at each practice. Um, with a very simple slide that, that um, explained what we were doing, why we were doing it, addressed all of the questions that we suspected staff may have. Uh, will I lose my job? 
what will happen to me? Will I have to work somewhere else? All of the things that we anticipated might be a concern for somebody, we actually pre-answered those questions in our presentation. Mm -hmm. And from that point forward, um, we um, endeavoured to talk to our staff all of the time. It's become just part of daily life. Um, and informal conversations, I don't mean necessarily formal meetings where I just go around and talk to a receptionist on a Monday morning and just say, oh, hey, this is what's going on with Wyvern at the moment, so that they know. Um, we have staff newsletters. Um, we um, have um, had various staff initiatives. So we have started a choir oh. called um, uh, Wyvern Healthy Voices. So cool. that's, and we've actually got a choir master and our first gig. Um, so, and it's just a great way to bring people together really informally um, because it's easy for partners and it's easy for practice managers to feel engaged because we're working with it every day. Mm. Whereas um, on the ground, really there hasn't been huge change. So we've gone all out with our branding. Mm. Um, one of the um, staff members in one of our practices, I think it was their um, husband actually designed a logo, which you can see here. And we have pens and lanyards and we put the logo on everything just so people have something to identify with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Over communicate is definitely my advice. Were you surprised by any of the, by what you heard from any of the staff groups or by, from the patient, uh, the local population? Um, so staff naturally had some concerns in the first uh, week or so because it was, uh, it was the first time that they'd heard it. We'd um, taken a decision to not discuss it until we were sure we were going to do this. So at the point that we talked to our teams, and we told them this, we said, look, we've been discussing this for a long time, but we didn't want to um, formally announce this until we were absolutely sure it was happening, because that could be quite unsettling. Um, but I think we delivered it in such a way that actually everybody was very comfortable, mm. any issues or concerns were addressed with people individually, and it well, maybe we've just been lucky, but it really has been plain sailing um, mm. since then. Um, from a patient engagement point of view, we have presented at um, Health Watch meetings. Um, we have um, organised a group PPG, which has met um, regularly. So the, the existing PPGs at each of the practices have had um, meetings where they all come together. Um, it has certainly highlighted that we still work individually um, that we don't have to, you don't have to merge everything. Um, that's not always um, the right way to do things. Um, and again, some of the concerns we um, anticipated from patients were, um, will I have to go somewhere else for an appointment? I love my GP, I don't want to go you know, across town to do that. That, that was naturally a concern. Um, and on the flip side, well, why isn't everything better immediately? Um, you know, why can't I suddenly get an appointment when I couldn't last week because you're now part of Wyvern? So we anticipated as many questions, concerns as we could and presented on those when we talked to our patients. Mm. Brilliant. And since, since you were having those conversations and starting this journey, the long-term plan has come out, the new GP contract and network does, um, and, and various subsequent guidance. How has that changed the journey you're on locally, if at all? Um, so I would say it's enhanced it. Um, so I'm really pleased that the um, enhanced service has come out. It's uh, from a funding point of view, which is always at the fore of a uh, practice manager's mind. Um, it's fantastic because it will allow us to appoint a clinical director, something we would have done 
anyway because we were becoming a super partnership but fantastic that that role is funded um, it's absolutely excellent because GP time as we've already mentioned is so precious um, the funding for the associated roles such as social prescribers um, pharmacists is just fantastic it will really allow us to take our plans um, to the next level two of the key projects that we um, have worked on as a network is launching a care home service um, and we are now um, planning a home visiting service so expanding um, the multidisciplinary part of that um, will certainly be um, supported by the new um, enhanced service which is great. We've, we've sort of used a bit interchangeably the idea of, of the, the primary care network and, and your super partnership. Can you help me understand a bit how you see those as being different? Yes. So everything that I've talked about is absolutely achievable as a primary care network. Um, and we are at this moment. Um, we're not a super partnership. You, the main difference being um, that a super partnership is a legal um, entity, i.e., um, we will have ultimately one partnership agreement that governs the six practices rather than six individual partnership agreements. That means there will be um, liabilities associated with that for obvious reasons. Um, and the other key um, difference is that we will be financially merged, um, which seems really scary to all partners, as you can imagine, because the first questions are, oh, what happened to my drawings? What does that mean from an equity point of view? Where will my capital go? Is this is really scary? How could we possibly do this? And what will happen to my holidays? All of the really important questions. Um, so we've been taking legal advice and financial advice. We have appointed a, a, a legal team and a, um, an accountant essentially to take us through um, that side of things. Now the reason that we decided to go the whole hog and become a super partnership is um, down to one of the points that I said at the beginning, that's a long-term succession planning. That means that the fear of the last man standing, for example, uh, is diminished because we will have 24 partners in our um, partnership agreement. Um, we will have a robust uh, strategy for the property that we um, have between us, and we have a mix of leased and owned properties. Um, and some things, will be easier, such as um, co-employing a member of staff, but it's certainly not insurmountable as a network. Um, I don't imagine that being a super partnership will be for everybody, um, but I do believe that everything that we've done today doesn't, you know, isn't um, inextricably linked to being a super partnership. It's totally achievable as a network. As a network. Yeah. So it'll depend on people's local situation and yeah. yeah. And their desire to take it to the next step. Mm. We, we just get on so well. We've found that we work together so fantastically and that bonds have been formed that we see the benefits of that next step. And you were talking about the um, maintaining the individual character of the different practices yeah. and the individual um, sort of atmosphere that they all have and culture they all have. How, does, how do you go about doing that whilst bringing people together around the network agenda? Yeah, good question. So um, our desire in Wyvern Health was to keep the family feel. And that family feel was already in each practice, yes. And when I, I talk about keeping the individuality, that's the closeness of your team, mm. how well you work together. Um, 
and um, your culture within your partnership because generally culture is very much led by the partners in that individual practice. So that's been relatively easy to maintain because the status quo hasn't changed in our practices. Um, it really, Wyvern is an extension of all the best bits of our practices put together. Um, so it's been more about developing that um, than needing to change anything um, on a day-to-day -day basis in our practices. We um, have really tried to, as I mentioned earlier, um, help our teams feel aligned to Wyvern Health. So we rotate meetings from different practices so that they can see that things are happening, so that they feel part of it. Um, but I would say it's more of an extension than needing to change anything in practice. Fantastic. I'd like to come back to your role um, as practice manager as well as a partner within, within the organisation and to understand how that, that's changed for you and your practice manager colleagues. Like you say, for many, um, we'll see this as a potential risk and we've yeah. sort of covered that a little already. And some will think, well, if we're working together more closely, perhaps we don't need all the, all the managerial support, um, which of course sort of feels like a, like a sort of real risk given the amount of change that will need to be coordinated and managed around this. How have you started working differently together? So, um, very much, um, I've been to um, meetings and presentations early on uh, when networks were first talked about where um, I've heard it suggested that maybe there are economies of scale to be made with um, the role of practice managers. Um, so naturally, that was a concern for everybody going into this. Um, we really from the outset recognised that this was just not going to be possible without the practice managers. Um, they're at the heart of running practices, they are there on a day-to-day -day basis, they know the ins and outs, they know the detail, they know what works, what doesn't work. Um, so we very early on eyeballed each other and said that you know, you know this absolutely needs every single person here to make this work. Um, and again, within that small group, we spent quite a lot of time just building our relationships. So we started to meet just the practice managers early on um, and did quite a lot of um, soul searching. We had a lot of very honest conversations. Well, what, you know, what's in this for me? Why would this work? What are the benefits? Um, I think you do probably need somebody in the group to passionately believe that it will work. Um, to, to f kind of fly that flag to say yes and these these are the reasons why um, here are all the good things that come out of it and then here are all the scary things let's just address them so it comes back to that honesty and that integrity and preventing the meeting after the meeting as I would say you really need to say no there's nothing that's off the table let's just say um, and actually very quickly we realized that camaraderie feels really good um, so being a practice manager can be um, very isolating even though you are sometimes in a, it doesn't matter the size of your practice, in a role where you work with other people all day, it can still be very isolating because there is nobody to um, share ideas with. So one of the best things that we found really early on was those sort of conversations. Well, I, I do this in my practice in this way. Oh, I do it like that. Maybe I could learn from you. Or CQC are going to inspect me next week. Does anybody have this policy? Because I don't have it at this moment. You know, lots of practical things that have um, really grown over time. So we share so much and we spend quite a lot of our 
um, meetings dedicated to just talking about what we call business as usual, sharing what's happened in our practice in the last week, seeking advice, sometimes just seeking support and needing to offload. Um, so that's been really, really useful. Um, I think it can also feel quite exposing as a practice manager to share problems and issues in your practice. Again, going back to what I was saying about uh, working in isolation. Um, it, all practice managers, I'm sure, in any area attend a monthly practice meeting with all practice managers. But other than that, you might not see another practice manager from month to month. So you really don't have any true idea of how things are working in their practices. So. Um, I think exposing is a good word because um, how you manage your practice is a direct reflection of your ability mm. um, and how it, it can feel quite personal. Mm. Um, so um, feeling comfortable enough to say, well, this just, this went terribly wrong this mm -hmm. week. Oh my goodness, you know, this was awful. It went, you know, what can I do about this? Um, and feeling okay to say that and, and having the support of your colleagues is fantastic. It requires a lot of trust, I imagine, that time to build that. Yes, it has, but and, that, and that's simply down to just meeting regularly. I can't stress enough, it is as simple as that. The more you meet, the more you get to know each other. So the result of, of that is that three of the practice managers, myself included, cycled London to Paris, and, and Will, you were there when we decided to do that. Do you remember that yeah, crazy I, idea? Yeah, I do, but I, thought, I didn't, never thought you'd actually no? do it. So. <laughs> well, thanks, thanks <laughs> for the uh, support. So we did do it in September. We Amazing. raised £7,000 for charity. Wow. Um, and um, just, you know, we do quite a lot of social things, and I think not just working together as colleagues, but trying to find... Uh, friendship and commonality is mm. is really key, um, and um, and then once you've got past that, you start to see all of the things, the exciting things, the vision. Oh, we could do this together. If we did this, it would save me time doing this, and it's very exciting. Mm. Um, and the ideas are just endless. So actually, we have to kind of temper our enthusiasm because it's very infectious you want to conquer the world once you've got to that point you realize there are all these things that you can do um, you have to then pull yourself back a little bit and say well now actually we need to just do a few things well mm. um, rather than tackle every single idea that we've had mm. which are endless <laughs> there will be lots of practice managers listening I have no doubt that we'll find that sense of support um, and that idea of being able to share ideas more freely really appealing. You mentioned a uh, sort of slightly split week, uh, four days for your practice and a day, each of you having a day for the partnership, uh, the super partnership, the, the network. Um, how do you use that time, that sort of centralised time? Do you, do you each do a fifth of, of a certain job or have you given yourselves particular areas of interest and responsibility within that, that larger partnership? So um, it tends to be Wednesdays and we, as I mentioned earlier, we meet um, regularly. So some of that is simply meeting and talking and that's divided into the informal discussion, business as usual, business as usual and then the more formal um, side of things. And certainly early on, we just took on projects and actions that kind of fit naturally with that particular person. Maybe they already had experience or a particular interest. Um, and it was much more on a, oh, voluntary basis, I'll do that, you know, I'd like to take that on. Um, over time, we have recognised that within our group, we all have different strengths, and we have gone as far as um, actually dividing that up into work streams. 
Um, and that may not be for everybody, but actually we feel for us that's going to be the most effective way of, of doing things. Because we found ourselves sometimes um, when a task or an action came up, spending time deciding who that was going to be, whereas now we've allocated work streams, I know that if it's strategy then it comes to me, um, or if it's finance it goes to somebody else. So we've divided it up into um, finance, um, strategy, um, workforce, operations, clinical services and, uh, and technology and um, logistics. And that, that's what we've decided as a group of practice managers. Mm. And it's important to say really clearly that's what we've decided. We came up with that idea because we felt that works best for us. Uh, and our meetings are used to come up with these ideas, put proposals to our partners. It tends to be that way around rather than the other way around um, because we know through experience what will and won't work. Um, get sign off from our steering group and board and then we go and put those into um, practice. Fantastic and as part of that work um, together as a network have you recruited any new roles have you got any um, you've talked about how you're using kind of existing team differently have you started to employ anybody new either at practice level or across the network? Um, yeah, so we have the palliative care nurse who's providing our care home service. So she was the first um, employee. We're currently recruiting for our home visiting service, so I anticipate that will probably be a paramedic. It could be an ANP, um, so that will be the next role. Um, we also have a um, transformation director who we've appointed to help us through the change. Now that's to help us become a super partnership um, because we recognise that that element um, really required quite a lot of work. We have to go through um, legal due diligence, um, developing a property strategy, quite a lot of um, gumph, so to speak, that we didn't feel practice managers had enough time to do. Mm. Um, so we um, have um, a chap called Mark Hopkins who's doing a fantastic job for us and has been with us about 12 months um, helping lead that. Um, he will be with us ent until we've merged. Excellent. Uh, in terms of employing new staff members, was there any difficulty around you know, which practices would hold those contracts and how they'd be shared out? No, no, it was really easy. We just had a lead practice who decided to employ that person and then we basically pay them. It, it's dead simple. Um, I can't profess to know the um, ins and outs of how that works, but mm. we've taken advice from our accountant and yeah. um, solicitors to make sure that it all works and it's very simple. And those job descriptions and roles are explicitly on a service for the whole, yes, for the whole, for the whole network? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it works really well. Um, we haven't recruited anybody else yet, but what we have done is um, get groups of staff to start working together. Mm. So our nurses meet really regularly now and they're coming up with their own ideas and projects and plans. Mm. Um, so um, that's, that's also proving very successful. Fantastic. The, um, we, you've talked about the palliative care nurse and the, and the home visit service. We've talked a bit about um, the uh, paramedics and the new developing home visit service. What other benefits have you realised so far? Have you stumbled across, I guess, for, for staff, but for patients and, and the local population as well? Um, so, yes, lots of benefits, um, really. So, um, we've become more attractive. So people are willing to meet with us, willing to um, work with us. 
I think it's quite difficult as a individual practice to um, start those conversations or um, I don't want to say be taken seriously but have the gravitas behind you to um, work on a multidisciplinary scale for example. Which sort of teams, which sort of people are we talking about there? So um, we've started engaging with the um, police for example. Um, our next um, projects are going to be on mental health. So we at Murchison have a clinical pharmacist who specialises in mental health and we've seen that to be extremely successful um, in the practice. 30% of all our acute and contacts are linked to mental health in some way. So certainly that's going to be um, something in the future that we work on across um, the network. Um, work, simply working with our CCG has always been um, a good relationship, but it's so much easier when you have one voice between six practices. So um, that's actually um, been implemented very well in Swindon. So there are three emerging groups in Swindon and now most meetings are geared around the representation of those three groups. Mm. So it does work very well. So, so with the commissioners, and you talked about the police, are there any other sort of key local partners that you've, th through having that slightly greater scale, you've been able to develop relationships with? Yeah, um, we've had a project working on um, dietetics. We've had uh, the multidisciplinary um, meetings that I talked about, the telephone mm. conferences. That's worked really, really well. Um, that's really as far as we've gone at this moment because um, going back to what I was saying earlier, we've spent a long time working on the foundations um, and it's very easy to want to run before you can walk and unless you have those foundations, um, trying to work at, uh, on at scale with other services has the potential to um, become a bit messy. Um, so now we've got our structure in place, we're kind of on the cusp of I guess everybody's dream for a primary care network. Um, I can see all of the benefits, all of the people that we want to work with, but we have to do it slowly yeah. and systematically and well. Um, so once we've moved on from the home visiting service, yes, mm -hmm. as I said, I would envisage mental health being the next priority. There are lots of exciting projects oh, to come. Yes. <laughs> and we talked earlier, didn't we, about the, the benefits around recruitment and retention of, of clinical staff, um, which I guess is another key, key thing to hold on to. Um, on the other side of that, have there been any things you've tried that really haven't worked that you would say to others, oh, this was, this was challenging, or things that you've overcome and some sort of learning from that that you would share? Yeah, I would say um, make sure that you have robust governance for decision making. So it's very easy to decide in a meeting, oh yeah, we'll do this, and then move on from that. Um, but I would say it's probably important to just um, make sure that you minute um, appropriately decisions um, because there's nothing worse than somebody going, oh, I don't, don't remember us deciding that. When did that happen? Um, which is natural when you have a large um, group. So making sure that you've got that decision-making process in place is really key and that the people in the meeting have the um, um, authority to make those decisions. So we worked quite a lot early on uh, on the structure of the steering group, as I mentioned, one practice manager and one partner and and getting the buy-in from their partners that decisions being made there were representing their views. Mm. So the communication back at practice is really, really key um, because it's very easy for that partner and that practice manager to feel very involved and very easy for the other partners to 
um, feel separate to that. So you have to work really hard to make sure that you're engaging with everybody, um, I would say is really um, important. Um, that certainly was one of the things that we had to make sure we were very careful with. And the other bit of advice is move really slowly systematically move at the rate of the slowest practice. Mm. If somebody's having a wobble, then that's okay. Just wait for them to get over that. Mm. Um, and um, recognize that practices are working different ways and have peaks and troughs in their workload. So um, if a practice manager is having a particularly challenging month with recruitment or they've got a CQC inspection, recognising that that's okay mm. and we'll just pause what they're doing whilst they focus on that and then pick things up later. Um, Rome wasn't conquered in a day and I know that's really cliche to say but it's true. There's no rush, you don't have to, you don't have to go at breakneck speed mm. to get things done and I think it's quite natural in the NHS to go, oh, primary care network's wonderful, right, rush, 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 let's get it all done straight away. Um, just take your time and plan. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I, and I think the deadlines have been tight, so it's, it has been a particularly trying time. But I, hopefully now we've started those conversations at least, there's an expectation that these relationships do take time. Yeah. Um, and getting those fundamentals right. I, I'm just really blown away by the positive vision of practice management that you describe as a really collaborative and supported enterprise, which I think my understanding is it hasn't always been for yeah. everybody. So getting those relationships and that trust in place you know, potentially heralds a really positive opportunity. Um, finally, kind of give you an opportunity as well as your choir uh, and your first gig. <laughs> what other, what other, um, what else is on the horizon for Wyvern and, and your primary care network? Um, so, for us, uh, as you know, we're becoming a super partnership. So that is taking quite a lot of uh, focus to um, develop and that side of things. From a primary care network point of view, the home visiting services is kind of the big topic for us at the moment. Uh, beyond that, we want to work with the council, the police, the voluntary sector um, to develop our um, services beyond that, um, certainly. Um, and then really, it's going to be more of the same, to be quite honest, continue working together. And whether you're a super partnership or you're a network, the more you work together, the more you will benefit from uh, economies of scale and knowledge sharing, you, we're finding that naturally we are just becoming more and more aligned in the way that we work. Um, and that's not through any grand design, that's just because we're spending time working together. So if something new comes up or if somebody has an idea, it makes sense to just adopt that across the practices. So um, there is the kind of MTD, MDT side of things, which is great, and that's how we can provide better care to our patients. And then there's the internal um, business side of things on how can we provide uh, a better business. Um, and they are very much um, going hand in hand. Hannah, thank you so much for making the time to join us today. It's been an absolute pleasure hearing, hearing about everything you're getting up to uh, over in Swindon and good luck for the future. Thank you. I hope you found this podcast useful and that it offers some uh, helpful ideas that you can take away and use in your own area. If you have found it useful, please do leave us a rating or feedback and subscribe so that you hear when we have future episodes for your delectation. If you'd like to be involved in a future podcast and share your experiences, then please do get in contact. Um, in the meantime, you can find out more about the work that NHS England and Improvement are doing to support primary care networks on our website, which is www 
england.nhs.uk forward slash PCN or by emailing us at england.pcn at nhs.net. Thank you very much for listening and please do join us next time. <laughs>